By instruction of the Holy Spirit, I need to read to you uh, Proverbs chapter 4. You can turn there if you like. 4, uh, beginning with verse um, 20. Proverbs 4.20. Hallelujah. The Word of God says, My son, so he's speaking to his children. He's giving us some instruction this morning. Now, what if Jesus were here and actually, physically here, and he said, I got a word for you today. Would you listen? Would we do it? Yet we have this before us all the time. Do we honor it as much as we would honor his presence? Amen. Sort of tit for tat, but praise God, we're going to honor God's word today and hear it. Amen? All right. Punch your neighbor and say, I'm going to do what it says. All right. My son, attend to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Give attention to my words. Put yourself in position to my sayings. Let them not depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. We talked last night about being unmovable, steadfast. And when you are standing on the truth, the truth cannot be moved. Opinion can be moved. Religion can be moved. A lot of things can be moved. Your feelings can be moved, can be changed. Your thinking can be moved and can be changed. But when you're standing on the truth, the truth is absolute. It is truth, and it will set you free. Amen? So that's what we want to do. We want to think about, I'm standing on the truth, the Word of God, and I shall not be moved. I shall not be moved. Pressure will come and try to get me off the truth and get me over to another way of looking at things or an opinion or this and that. But I must be diligent. I must pay attention. I must position myself to hear from God, and I must stand. And when I've done all I know to do to stand, I just stand. Amen. Amen. Let them not depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those that find them. Pretty good deal, isn't it? And And health to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues or forces of life. So this spirit in you hears the word, stands on the word. That's the real you. So the challenge is for all of us not to be swayed by different winds of doctrine. The challenge for all of us is to know the truth and stand on it. That's the rock. I'm not going to be moved. Let's say it out loud. I'm not going to be moved. Hallelujah. I'm not going to be moved. Amen. I'm not going to be moved, devil. I don't care what you show me or what it looks like. Circumstances could be all around. I may be surrounded by, by the enemy, but I'm not going to be moved. And the, my Bible says, the Word of God says, the truth says, fear not. You can do it through Christ. Amen? Praise God. Well, praise God. No extra charge for that. But God is good. That was for somebody and probably me. want to... Um, Introduce my lovely wife over here. She is. Uh, Tia, what are they doing over there? Are they looking at design or something? Or in the word of Oh, the Bible. That's always good. I thought y'all might be on Facebook or something. And stand up, sweetheart. This is my, my sweetie. And for 41 years, she's a good woman. Been putting up with me for 41 years. She is a good woman. Amen. But I want to share some things I began to share last night about the church here that God has put on my heart because I think it is we need to hear these kinds of things. And it's good to hear from someone that's not here all the time. But these were on my heart. I don't just say these things to be saying things or to make you like me, even though I hope you do. Uh, I want to say that we are greater together than we are alone. That is so true. Sometimes we think we can do it. We can't. We've got to have God. We've got to have each other. Somewhere along the way, you're going to need some help. Praise God. I know where we can find it. Hallelujah. But I want to uh, tell you that we're honored to be here. Um, We do not take this lightly. Um, You are very special in the body of Christ, and you're very special to us. Uh, I want you to understand that what you do here is so vital to the body of Christ, to this community to this region, to this nation, and to this world. All the things about the Sudan and the Philippines and all of the marvelous things you do, do not take that for granted, people. 
don't take it for granted. Those, if your efforts may be small. They may be great. I don't know. But when it all comes together, it's huge. And God's the one that makes it all work. So feel good about yourself. Get involved with those things even more so. And know that, praise God, we're, we're doing it. We're doing our best. We're standing on the Word. We've got great teachers, leaders, and we've got great congregation. Y'all are just doing wonderful. We're always amazed, and to see you and to hear and see what God's doing in your life. And your accomplishments, wow. But also your destiny. You do have one. You do have one. I want you to know your future is in God's memory. He's already seen your future. And he remembers it. And he says, I'll not forget. It's going to have a good outcome. Amen? Woo, give your neighbor a high five. So he's talking about me. Hallelujah. You are a city on a hill shining forth to the community. Your light is not dim. You are salt to the earth. Not only add flavor, but you stop decay. That's what salt does. So be steadfast. And accomplish the dream. Accomplish the destiny God's got for you. You're doing a great job. You are doing a great job. I know your leaders are doing a great job. I've taught them all I know. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. But they're awesome, and God is awesome, and so are you. Amen? Amen. Somebody say, Hallelujah! Hallelujah. That's over. I'm here. <laughs> Hallelujah. Being unmovable, what we talked about last night. We did have a good time, didn't we? We did have a good, good time. But um, today, I want to talk to you about your vision. How's your vision? Now, for you that don't know, I wear contact lens. Anybody here wear contact lens? Okay. Oh, you wear glasses, right? You know why we wear glasses and contact lens? So we can see. I can't see the big E on the chart without mine. That's pretty bad, isn't it? But boy, when I got them on, I can see good. How's your vision today? How's, what are, how do you see things? How, you know, a lot of us not just physically see things, but I'm talking about how do we interpret things? How do we, what's our vision and what's going on on the inside of us? How's my vision? What is my vision? How do I see things? Uh, anybody here ever saw a movie called Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid? Oh, I like westerns, don't y'all? Well, Butch had a quote in there. He says, I've got vision, and the world wears bifocals. <laughs> in other words, the world can't see up close nor far away, but i got vision. I know what it's supposed to be like. Amen? We have vision with the church. Come on now. we got vision. And the Bible says where the, there's no vision of people perish. I see people in the light of what I've heard about them. You know? You heard... You might hear things about an individual, and that's how you, you see them till you meet them, and it might change. Correct? So we see things like that. We see things, and our vision is, is um, impacted by what we hear about things. I see certain things as dangerous. You see them as fun. I think being in a canoe in the middle ocean is not fun. Well, some people like to do that kind of thing. Amen? Vision is so important, and it is... It can be warped, it can be changed, it can be influenced. I see um, going to church is fun. So do you, right? That's why you're all smiling. Amen? Hallelujah. Can can y'all understand Southern talk? Well, pray for interpretation. We're going to speak Southern in heaven. Just want to let you know. I see church is fun. Some see it as boring. How do I see God? How do I see God? Now, if I haven't told you yet, Ann and I have two granddaughters. They will be so glad to see me, and I'll be so glad to see them when we get home. But you know what? To see God, He's hard to see sometimes, but yet He's not. He's big. Don't you think? So I have these binoculars, and we have them at home, and we... Sometimes look at the stars, and sometimes we look as if we see a deer, or we look over here. We just. But my little girls, Lily's seven and Lila's three, and they get the binoculars. And, buddy, 
I'm telling you, they like to look through things. Sometimes they're looking like this. <laughs> and things look far away. Sometimes they get it right. And you look real close. You look real big, glory to God. Amen. Hallelujah. That's how we need to see God. We had to have binoculars to see God. But so many people see God in the wrong way. He's far off. He's way out there. I, I can't get close to God. But let me tell you, he is so close as the mention of his name. He's as close as your breath. He's everywhere. Amen? Amen. How are you looking today? How do you see things? Well, it depends on what I think about things. What I need the truth. Well, give me the truth. And when I see the truth, glory to God, I'm free. Amen? And I shall not be moved. Glory to God. But how do I see God? I'm like Lily and Lila. I see my... Who's that big man back at the door? Glory to God. He's eight feet tall. <laughs> Amen. But now I look at him like this. He's real little. And that's how a lot of times we see God. We look through binoculars to see God. We really all have to do is look around. See you. See the sunshine. You know. And the snow. And we see God. I see God in the, in the faces of little kids. I see God in the kind acts that people do. I see God. I see God when I read the Word of God. And I see Jesus, and He shows me what God's like. He is God. Amen? So, how we, what's your vision today? How do we see things? It's time to correct our vision by getting truth and revelation. There's a story, this is a true story now. Sometimes us preachers have evangelistic stories. We won't call Jesse's name. I'm not kidding. No, no, no. I'm just kidding. But this is a true story. My parents owned a grocery store, and um, I worked there. Gosh, I was 36 years old and thought that was going to be our future, but God had a better thing for us to do. And um, anyway, you know, back in those days, you would push your cart up to the checkout. We would take it out of the basket, put it on the, on the counter. The lady would check it out. We would sack it for you, put it in a bag, and then we would take it to your car and put it in your car for you. That's foreign to a lot of you, right? That's the way we used to do it. Everybody did it. But one day, Miss Daisy Feeney, elderly lady, sweet as sugar, uh, knew her all my life, and uh, there was a hurricane approaching the Gulf Coast, and we're like 300 miles north, but yet we still get the weather from that thing, you know, if it comes right. And there's a hurricane approaching, and, and sure enough, the, the sky looked a little funny. It looked a different color, and the clouds were a little weird. And, and anyway, and I, I'm getting the groceries. I'm, I know, I know Miss Daisy's car. I know it's a 53 Chevrolet. A, no, 54 Chevrolet. Tan. Four-door. Weighed 8,000 pounds. <laughs> it's a good thing because she couldn't drive real well. Steering wheels this big around. You remember those days, Eric, you know? Whoa, here we go. Let's turn the curve. <laughs> so anyway, I beat her out the door and get out to her car. And it's, of course, you never lock a car back in those days. Put the groceries in the back seat and I turn and, and she's walking out. And I look up and y'all, it's the funniest thing. It's... I know you'd have to be there to really appreciate it, but still, humor me a little bit. Anyway, I look up at her. She's got these big sunshades on. And they're rose-colored. Do you know what I'm talking about? They're red. Pink. Bright pink. And she said, son, the element sure looks strange today. And she's talking about the hurricane. I, it took everything in me not to crack up right in her face. I mean, you got on rose-colored glasses and you think things look funny? <laughs> Everything you look at's funny. And sometimes we go through life looking through glasses like that because we've been told things or we've experienced things and it has shaped our vision and tinted it. And it's really not what it was or what it should be. And I think we all are growing in this. Amen. Amen. We'll, we're not going to get finished till we get done. Is that what you said, Jonathan, a while ago? Yeah. Something like that. Amen. <laughs> it was a great revelation for all of us anyway. 
Yogi, <laughs> yeah, Yogi. <laughs> it ain't over till it's over. Anyway, we're all growing in this, and none of us has a perfect image of God. I don't think we can do. We get there because I don't know if we can contain it. But praise God, we're getting there. And every day I know more about him. Every day I know he loves me more. Every day I try to love him more. And every day I try to walk through the word of God. And it changes my vision and, and gets things on a better focus. And, you know, years ago I, turned, I had binoculars on. And I, I saw God far away, real small. But then when I met him, I put them on right. And he's very close. And he's very big. And he's full of love. And he's full of power. And he loves me. And he wants to take care of me. He wants to be my shepherd. He wants to be my doctor. He wants to be my redeemer. He wants to be my savior. He wants to be my Lord. He wants to be my everything. And I said, praise God. Now I can see. I had heard so much bad stuff about you, Jesus. That you're dull and boring. Never have any fun. You're a cruel taskmaster. He's none of that. It's all a lie. I said it loud. It's all a lie. Man, I'm telling you, shame on us. Shame on people telling lies like that on God. But sometimes it comes from pulpits. So that's why we stand behind that desk with fear and trembling. (laughs) Amen? Because we do want to give you the truth to the best of our ability. If we read the Word of God, our vision will be corrected. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. Second Chronicles, excuse me, Second Corinthians 5, 7, you don't have to turn because it's so familiar to you. It says, we walk by faith and not by sight. Sometimes we need faith glasses. Probably all the time we need faith glasses. And our vision is only 2020 when our faith Becomes our sight. And I'm not looking by my eyeballs. I'm looking by the eye of faith. I'm living by faith and not by sight. Amen? Is that a familiar scripture to you? We walk by faith and not by sight. Hallelujah! Then we go out and do something really right opposite to it. Something really stupid. Amen? But when we get to the point where my faith becomes my sight... When my faith kicks in and I see things clearly, that's what I make my decision on. That's the direction I go. That's how I behave. That's how I would respond is what I see through the eye of faith. And today, how's your vision? Probably most of us, um, maybe all of us would fail that test. I don't know. But praise God, I can see better than I saw yesterday. Amen. Well, that's good news. I can see clearly now. I can see that God loves me. And we walk by faith and not by sight. So I'm striving to get to the point where the decision I make today and the decision I make tomorrow and next week in my future, praise God, is going to be seen and done through the eye of faith. If we're going to go down, I'm going down fighting. I'm going down believing God. Amen? What about y'all? Amen? All right. Praise God. So, Jesus is a great eye doctor. We read it last night, Luke 4.18. He is anointed to give recovering of sight back to the blind. It is your right to see. It is your right, God is God's intention for you to see clearly and to know through the eye of faith, through the word of God, what things are like and what the truth is. So, let's take off the rose-colored glasses. Let's make a decision to say, God, I want to see you and I want to see how you really are. Take me through your word. Reveal yourself to me. In fact, Jesus said the gates of hell will not prevail against revelation knowledge. That's what God's going to build His church on. Amen. Glory to God. Jesus is a specialist in eye surgery. Praise God. So, y'all got your binoculars? I can just see my little girls right now on the golf cart. We're out in the middle of the pasture just riding around, riding around looking at the cows. They're not mine, Eric. I just, my neighbors got them and my brother-in-law's, okay? I'm glad because I don't have to feed them. I just get to look at them. And I'm going to tell you what. If you work with cows, I know you do. Some of Y'all are some of the most patient people in the world. I know cows were so dumb until we built our house out in the country. 
And we were framing the house up, and they just walked through it all night long. And, of course, you know, they do their business and the whole deal. Next day, I'm out there scooping it off the slab and, you know. Finally, I had to put a fence up, keep them out. Should have done that beforehand, right? But I hadn't seen cows that up close yet. I saw them way off. I thought they were just nice. I saw them on a hamburger bun. I didn't know. <laughs> but praise God, I can see God clearly now. I see him in you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. How's your vision? Mm. But Lily and Lila, they'll be out there looking like this. Wow. That part looks real little out there. I said, turn around, baby. Wow, it looks real big. That's how we are. What are you expecting today? Oh, I'm telling you what, we need to just understand about faith that there's an, an element in faith that sometimes I think is slack and it's expecting. I see a lot of faith, a lot of faithfulness. I see the people showing up to church that I placed for 31 years. But listen to me, for 31 years I'm going, well, y'all either just don't have anything to do or you have a real dull life. But no, no, they come to hear the word. Amen? Yeah. We thank God. Amen. Their faithfulness. And it's great to be faithful. Let me say, I'm faithful. I'm faithful. But the thing about faithfulness is that we need to have some expectancy with it. Well, when you came to church today, did you expect to receive anything or did you just come? Did I expect? What am I expecting tomorrow God to do? God just didn't, you know, He didn't just visit us on Sunday between 10 and 12. <laughs> That's for all the religious people that are not here today. Amen. Glory to God. <laughs> Expectancy. I see faithfulness. I see the faces. I see you showing up Sunday after Sunday after Sunday. Wednesday and Sunday night and all those sorts of things. And thank God for it. Hallelujah. What are we expecting? Expecting. There's an element of expectancy involved with faith. Our spirits cry out with a sincere desire to know God. Right? Our spirit does. And the level that we know, the level we understand and experience God comes from the level of expectation we have for Him. If we want to see blind eyes open and cancer healed, we have to have an expectation for these miracles to happen. Amen. Amen. So church, let's get our expectors on. Let's get our expectation up. Right. Well, we're going to go Sunday, you know, it'll be that crazy guy from Mississippi speaking and uh, whatever. And no, no, no. I'm going to hear from God. I'm thoroughly convinced that any of you could get up here and if you just read the Word, just read the Bible out loud, it would impact you. A child. Older person, whoever. Because it's the word, it's not the person. This is what changes you. It's not me and my personality or anything like that. It's the word. How do I see things? Through the word of God. Hallelujah. And the way and the level I know God is exactly the level of my expectation of him. If we want to see those eyes open, we've got to expect them to be open. If we want to see cancer healed, let's choose to expect them. Amen? God, Can God do it? Yes. Does God want to do it? Yes. yes. Well, then I expect it to happen. Right. Right. Hallelujah. <laughs> Acts 3, 5 says that Peter and John went to, to uh, the synagogue that day at the Gate Beautiful. And um, there was a lame man there asking of alms. And, uh, of course, you know the story. They said, we don't have any silver or gold, but what we have such that we, we give to you. And he, the Bible says, he looking up to them, expecting to receive. So he expected something, and he got more than what he expected for, right? And that's the way it is with God. He's more than you expect, but we need to expect things to happen. Let's go in our Bibles to Mark chapter 10. Hallelujah. Mark chapter 10, verse... Um, 46 and they, came to, and they came to Jericho Jesus and his disciples 
And as he went out of Jericho, so he's just going through town with his disciples and a great number of people, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And they charged him that he should hold his peace, but he cried out the more a great deal. That thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still and commanded him, him to be called. And they called the blind man, saying unto him, We have good comfort. Rise. He calls you. And he, casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. And Jesus answered and said unto him, What wilt thou have me to do for you? It's a curious question. The guy's blind. I mean, it would be obvious, don't you think? But Jesus wanted to find out where his faith was. You see, we have some responsibility. The blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. Expecting. Now, I don't, I'm, I've never met Barnabas, but I've met people like him. Me. He heard about Jesus. And what he heard about Jesus shaped his vision of Jesus as a healer. He healed a blind man in the next town. And I tell you what, when he comes by my station on the right side of the road where I'm begging, I'm going to cry out. All I need to know is him coming by and when, where. Right? So they tell him it's Jesus. All the commotion going on, the crowd coming through. And he cries out, Son of David, have mercy on me. Son of David. Now I think there's something to the words that he's saying. He's got a vision of Jesus not just being a prophet. Not just being another good man. He's got a vision of Jesus being the son of the living God, the Messiah. And he pulls on that messianic anointing. He said, Son of David, have mercy on me. And he kept crying out. Shh, be quiet. I'm going to tell you something, folks. People around you, when you begin to expect something from God, when you come to church expecting to get your vision, expecting to be healed, expecting to be filled with the Holy Ghost, expecting to know this, expecting God to do great miracles, then I'm tell you, people around you are going to say, shh, be quiet. You're interrupting the song service. You're not going to bother this praise team. They'll like, they pray for you, praise God. Get you healed. Get you healed. Get your miracle, right? Move with God. Move with God. Be free. Hallelujah. Just love everybody. Love God. And just come to expect great things to happen. Son of David, have mercy on me. And he kept crying the louder. They kept trying to shut up. He don't care about you. You're just a blind guy begging. We're all we're blind. And we're all we're begging. Because without God, we have nothing. Nothing. One day, he came close to me. And I had made, I had got my expectancy up. That whole week, I was expecting. We had a revival in our church. And I was a church member going straight to hell. You can do that. You can miss heaven by 18 inches between your head and your heart. But I got my expectancy. And I said, God, this week, I'm giving my life to you. This week, if you're real, i got to have help. I'm, I was in a beggar position. And I'm totally blind because I don't know God. The God of this world had blinded my eyes. Lest I would see, hear, and know the gospel healed and converted. But I cried out. And on March 11, 1976, on a Thursday night about, oh, about 8 o'clock, Jesus came by real close. That was a long time ago, 1976. I remember the shoes I had on, the pants I had on, because I'm looking at them. Doing this right here. Rocking back and forth. I had, my, I had it all planned out. Right now, I was going to get to church early. I was going to sit right over there where this young man's sitting. And I'm going to slide right up to the altar and slide right back, and nobody's going to see me because I had a big dose of pride in me. But I had to work late that night. Most people wouldn't leave the grocery store, I'm telling you what. We just had to stay there. So I had to sit in the back in a chair. And this is the last night, Jonathan. I mean, this is it, brother. 
I've promised God. I mean, I, I'm begging God. He came by. And I took that one step and literally don't remember anything else until I got to the front and knelt down. And the evangelist came by and said, what do, you, what do you need? I said, I need to rededicate my life. Well, I really should have said I need to get saved. But God knew my heart. So we prayed. I prayed a very simple prayer. Lord, I need to decrease myself and increase you. If I ever prayed an accurate prayer, that was it. Because it was all about me. God, I got to put myself down. I got to, I got, I got to have you. The minute I did, the way the world left. Really did. Jesus came by, me a beggar and blind. God, I'm calling out to you tonight. I'm putting myself down and I'm exalting you, Jesus. Tonight I'm accepting you. Jesus, hold up, stop, don't go by. And he didn't. He stopped. And he tell Barnabas, get up, he's calling you. What does he do? He gets up. Takes off his beggar garment first thing. Because he's expecting when he goes back to his place on the curb, he's going to be seeing this time. He'll never put that coat back on. So it's time that you and I get rid of those beggar garments. Those that have hindered us, limited us, those, those garments of depression, those garments of, of religion, those garments that have bogged us down, kept us from being in his presence, and to see him through the binoculars correctly and to see him big to see him savior to see him one healing my body saving my marriage turning everything around in my life he's god he's the son of david and he's the same yesterday today and forever how's your vision today bartimaeus seeing pretty good right now he was seeing pretty good before he got his eyes open he knew who jesus was son of david a lot of that crowd, oh, he's just a miracle worker. He's just a good man. He's just a prophet. He's all that, but he's more. He's the Messiah. Glory to God. He expected something good to happen. He wouldn't need that beggar garment anymore. Glory to God. He wasn't going to be begging anymore. Jesus is the one. Let's, let's expect him to do great things today. He wants to. But he only moves through faith. We need to have our faith glasses on. Praise God. When I go to church today, I'm going to see miracles. Because I'm expecting them. And what if we all had the same idea? Wow! Sometimes we just work for NASA. You know who NASA is? The space folks. We just take up space. That's all we do. Sitting in rooms, taking up space. It's more to this than that. Let me tell you what you came to church for today. This is God's idea. He came to encounter you and to impact you right where you are. And when you leave this building, you will never be the same again. You, he's gonna be, you're going to experience His love so, so great. He's going to change your life. He's going to turn your world upside down, right side up. In the That's His idea of having church. It's touching you. Touching me. I wouldn't miss church just to see all the good things He does. Hallelujah. And you know, we usually talk about things we expect. I just think that before this day ever happened for Bartimaeus, that he was sitting at home with his mom, his dad, or relatives, or whatever, and, he, and he'd heard about Jesus, he heard the stories, and then all of a sudden his vision begins to see Jesus as, hey, I got hope, there's somebody around, and if he comes by my way, I'm, I just think he began to see Jesus and to hear about him in his spirit, in his faith, and that he probably said, if he ever comes my way, if he ever comes near me, I'm calling out. I'm going to cry out to him. I'm going to expect my miracle. It is illogical for you and for me to think that God won't heal you and heal somebody else. Glory to God. Vision. Vision. Barnabas expected to see. Or he left his bigger coat on. But what if it don't work? I done got rid of my license. I can't beg if I don't got this coat on. What if it don't work? Have y'all ever thought like that? I know I have. 
Somebody come up for prayer and in a wheelchair or something. God, what if it don't work? That's what the devil tell you. Well, what if it does, devil? I'm expecting. You see, that is the missing ingredient in so much of our faith walk is our expectancy. We, oh, glory to God. We have compromised and we have settled for yesterday's meal. Living on yesterday's revelation. I'm not saying you need to get rid of them, but I'm telling you, that's, there's a new one on the way all the time. Don't be satisfied with where you are in God. Don't be satisfied with your position in Him. Don't be satisfied with your image and your vision of Him. He's bigger than you'll ever think He is. And you can press into His presence and you'll never get through Him because He's so big. Just press in there. Glory to God. Some of us have been living at the same level of expectation for so long that we've gotten satisfied with living off of yesterday's meal. We've become satisfied with yesterday's memories. Brandy, you ever think about that? Oh, man. I was had a conversation with, with a lady the other day. and I said, boy, we had some good times in church, didn't we? Yeah. Used to have them. Where are they today? I remember. Of course, there's always moves of God. I understand that. When people would drive for hundreds of miles just to go here speak to Amen. When there would just be prayer meetings in houses all during the week. We get the chair out, hot seat. Remember that? Get the hot seat out. But we pray for each other, get healed. Glory to God. Man, those were good times. What happened? I don't know. We just stopped doing it. And our expectancy got down. I got comfortable and I got satisfied. Well, I'm doing okay right now. Let me tell you something. <laughs> Don't ever get satisfied. No. Not with God. Always hunger and thirst for righteousness. Amen. Hunger and thirst for the things of God. Amen? Don't be satisfied with yesterday's memories. Oh, those were good old days. We go here, Brother Hagin. Glory to God. We go here, Brother Copeland. We drive halfway across the country just to go here. Oh, man, what a time we had. And I'm working 50 hours a week and doing that sort of thing. Amen. What's happened? It's not God's fault. We've become satisfied with yesterday's memories. But if we'll get our expectations turned on, expecting God to do something for us, it'll happen again. Amen? Amen. Wow, I just don't know if this is going... I hope you're soaking this up because it is so important. This will change your world. You'll wake up every day with possibilities. All things are possible to those that believe. I'm believing today that it's going to be a check in the mail. I believe today that I'm going to be blessed. Today I'm getting promotion. Today I got supernatural favor. Today I'm going to not get in a traffic jam. Today I'm expecting a good parking spot at Walmart. Why not? Hallelujah. Expect. Let's say it out loud. I expect, I expect to, win. to win. I expect, I expect that my God, my God wants to show up, show, up, show out show in my life, my life to be a witness on this world. That's what we're here for. Yes. Glory to God. There's an element to faith that requires expectation. Definition of expectation according to Webster's. There's about four of them. So, first one says, a looking forward to, or anticipation. I know I'm going to date myself. Do you remember that old commercial about the ketchup coming out the glass bottle? They don't have glass bottles anymore. <laughs> anticipation. Who sang that song? You know. Come on, Brownie. I'll go ahead and answer for her. Carly Simon sang that song. <laughs> anticipation. That's expectation. Is an, I'm, I'm, I'm anticipating that ketchup come out of that bottle. <laughs> Spiro, you remember those days? You see people going, popping upside down and throwing around. And Well, one day I went to eat with a friend of mine. We were working together. We went to this little restaurant and we got something. I don't know what it was. I needed ketchup, probably potatoes, but whatever. I shook that thing up one out. Popped that top. Boom! <laughs> it went straight up about 20 feet. 
And I washed it all the way down. Boom, right on my white shirt. What had happened? It had soured. And there was gas in there. And when I released the gas, buddy, she went kaboom. And you talking about smelling bad. I smell like sour ketchup the rest of the day. So that's a bit of wisdom. Don't ever do that. If you do, point it towards somebody else. <laughs> Lest I get ketchup on thy shirt. <laughs> True story. But I get bang those things. You know, we have catfish down in Mississippi. We go out and eat catfish, have fried catfish, and you gotta have some ketchup, you know. Pow, pow, pow. People watching you. You got expectation. <laughs> Ketchup is going to come out. It can be a full bottle. Sometimes they're the worst ones. Come out. But then finally it does. That's expectation. One definition. There's another. Looking forward as due. You know, sometimes I get on. The devil put me on a little guilt trip and said, Well, you don't need to expect God to do stuff like that for you. You religious hound dog. Get out of my ear. Because... If he didn't want to do stuff for me, he wouldn't have gone to the cross, Jenny. I'm telling you, my word. If he'll do that, he'll do anything for us. He wants to. Looking forward to as due are proper or necessary. Wow. A thing look forward to. Expectation is a reason or a warrant. Anybody got an idea of what a warrant is? Have it been served one? <laughs> there is power in that paper. It is a warrant for you to do something. Expectation is a warrant in the spirit realm that you're going to get. It belongs to you. It's going to work. It's going gonna, it's gonna to make it happen. Take it up with Webster. Don't take it up with me. It's, it's a prospect for the future advancement or prosperity. That's what Webster said. Expectation. So we come to church, we live our lives with no expectation. Well, okay, sirrah, sirrah, what will be, will be. You know, God's a big God. He ain't got time for me. All that's religious hogwash. Get it behind you. You'll never get your destiny finished or completed until you do. In the Greek. Now, I don't speak Greek like some people do. I wouldn't know if they're speaking Greek or not. Because I don't know Greek. But I got a good book that has definitions of Greek of words. And the Greek word for expectation is to watch, to anticipate in thought, or in hope, or in fear. So you can expect the worst. Anybody here have been guilty of expecting the worst? Aren't you liars? Come on down the front. We all have. Bad news goes fast. You know, it's going to, the weatherman's going to tell you it's going to rain tomorrow and you'll all get an umbrella. Well, he don't know. It might not, but it might. Amen? Hallelujah. To watch. Positive and negative. Let's stay in the positive. I expect good things to happen. And opposed to, I expect something bad to happen today. Some people got tattoos that says, born to lose. I would suggest covering it up. Because you're born to win. I expect to win today. Get up tomorrow morning and say, I expect to win. It's going to be the greatest day of my life. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. My wife's going to have supper for me when I get home. Or dinner. Whatever y'all call it. We call it supper down home. Amen. Now, bud, that's a miracle if Ann's got supper cooked for me. And breakfast, I ain't got enough faith for that. The Greek means to await, to look for, expect. I see a lot of faithfulness, but I don't see a lot of expect expectations. Well, one day, God's going to heal me. One day, this is going to happen. I got faith for it. One day, it'll never get here. Faith is now. Oh, that brings me to Mark. I mean, that's just, what is faith? Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things. Hebrews 11.1. 1. Go ahead and turn there. You might want to mark this because 
in this brief moment here, we're going to explain something to you. Faith, now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now, faith. When is now? Faith is in the present tense. Now faith works now. Faith, faith's best is not well one day or next week. Faith is now. That's when faith works. Now. Now demands or requires expectation. Y'all hungry yet? Straight up noon. Am I preaching longer than Jonathan preaches? No? I didn't think so. Now, the word now, now, is that what it says in the Bible? Now faith is the substance of things. When? Now. Now demands and requires your expectation. Let's say it like this. Let's you and I go fishing after a while. Well, let, me, let me rephrase that. Let's you and I go fishing. And you'll say, when? I say, now. Well, what's that going to do to you? That's going to demand you to get up and, and you and I go out the door and go fishing. Mm-hmm. That word now means everything. Yes. It, ex- it causes expectation to happen now. It requires and demands action. Yeah, that's right. Action. The beggar expected to receive, so he lifted up his cup and he looked up. Now. Expectation demands action. Why use faith without expecting? Well, it'll happen one day. It's happening today. Let's stop applying time to our faith. We talk about time now. Now it's sort of hard to put your arms around and wrap your mind around. But we can talk about time is in the past or in the future. But faith is now. Something mighty powerful happens in the now. Because in the now, when you pray, let's just go back to this. Now is a present tense word that cannot be captured without action. You can't do it without acting on it. We're going fishing? When? Now. Well, let's go. Can't wait till tomorrow because that's not now. Can't do it yesterday because now it's gone past. Now. Now faith. Now faith demands action. And that's what God has called us to live by. Don't forget that. The just shall live by faith. What is faith? That's faith. Not, well, one day I'm going to get better. No, you're better now. According to the scripture, get your faith out there. Expect God to heal you. Expect your kids to be right. Expect your home to be prosperous. Expect God's word to work in your life. When? Now. This will change everything for us. It'll get the doldrums out of your life. Well, you know, I just gotta go. Hopefully, one day. No, no, no. We're talking about now. I'm talking about God. I'm putting you to the death. I'm standing on your word, and you said now. So I believe you now. I'm not living on yesterday's meal. I'm not living on yesterday's memory. I'm living today. I'm taking hold of my life. I'm taking charge of some things. Devil, you've cheated me out of some things. You've lied to me. But today, I have found out that my expectation demands action. And now is the word. This is how faith works. Now faith works like this. It believes. Let me say I got that part. Got that part? Okay. It believes, then it speaks or releases the faith. Amen? Speak to the mountain. Believe in your heart. Okay. And it receives all in the same thing, the same instant. I believe it. I speak it. And I believe it. And I receive it. It's a continuous action. Because why? It's now. It's now. This will change your life. It's old stuff. We've heard it for 30 years. But yet, I needed a fine tuning today. 
I need to know that, praise God, my future is in God's hands. And I'm expecting him to take care of me. I'm expecting God to take care of Ann and my children and grandchildren. And I'm expecting our church to grow and to prosper and to be everything it's supposed to be. I'm expecting, praise God, to have overflow crowds. I'm expecting to have to bring more chairs in. I'm expecting to be a light on a hill. I'm expecting, glory to God, to be the salt and the light around our place. I'm expecting, I'm expecting to preach to thousands. I'm expecting to do great things. I'm expecting God's destiny to be fulfilled in my life. Why not? You're, we, me, chief, have allowed the devil to steal our joy and he got our goods because that's our strength. We've allowed him to lie to us and say, well, you know, you shouldn't bother God. Don't, don't dare expect God to do anything for you. Have you ever, I have a religious friends and you say, I'm expecting God to do great things in our life. Oh, you can't tell God what to do. I'm not telling God what to do. I'm just standing on the word. He wants to do it. He told me so. Right in the Bible. So we've got to stop applying time. Time has time and faith. Faith has nothing to do with time. Because it's always in the now. Now. How are you doing today? I'm doing just peachy keen. Y'all ever heard that up here? Have you? Glory to God. You ever heard I'm in a pickle? I tried to figure that out last night. How do you ever get in a pickle? I don't know how we get in a pickle. I didn't figure that out yet. Anyway, no extra charge for that one. <laughs> Faith is not based on physical evidence, but Bible belief. The Word declares, we walk by faith and not by sight. So when my faith becomes my sight, I'm not moved with what I see. I'm not moved with what I hear. I'm not moved with what I feel. I move by what faith says. And faith says, I'm going to the other side. Faith says, I'm the head, not the tail. Faith says, I'm blessed coming in and going out. Faith says, all of God's promises. All of God's word. Amen?